Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venable, and I'm here to tell you a story. (sighs) So if you've been following along, you know what my life has been like. The highs, the lows, the cries, the laughs, the cries. And if you're new to this world, let me give you a little update. So um, over the last few years, my husband almost died. He had a heart attack and quadruple bypass surgery. We were told we couldn't get pregnant after trying to have a child for multiple years. I got pregnant naturally, but unfortunately suffered a miscarriage. A few weeks later, my father-in-law suddenly died of cancer. Three months later, my mother suddenly died of cancer. And not even a year later, my father died. And It has been a lot. And I run my own business. I'm the president of Blair Kaplan Communications. I'm a social media expert and mentor, a writer, a speaker, a motivational speaker, um, you know, and a creator. Like, I love creating. I have clients I do work for privately. I do consulting. So I have a lot on the go. And when my mother died, it was like whiplash, like emotional whiplash. She was not feeling good for a few months, didn't tell me, my sister kind of knew. And from learning, she had cancer, but not officially diagnosed because they couldn't officially diagnose it without a biopsy to when she passed away was only three weeks. And you have to keep in mind, the few months prior, I lost my baby and my father-in-law. So losing my mother was not even in my, like my my mind. Like my sister and I talk about this and Alana's biggest fear was my mom dying where my grandma, my mom's mom had a very steady diet of (laughs) chicken fingers and Chinese food and lived to her nineties. And I believe was like very into smoking when she was younger. Like she was not like the, you know, picture of health. So I just thought my mom was probably, you know, going to live a little longer than age 62. And she actually had a weird premonition because she died uh, early February, mid-February. And that New Year's, she had this weird feeling that she wanted to redo her will. And in her will, she redid it. She managed to sign it just in time before she died, which is bonkers. But she made my sister and I the executor of her estate. Um, Upon learning that, we learned that it's better just to have one executor, executrix, is that? I don't know, it's a weird one. So my sister relinquished her power and I took charge and, you know, I'm still dealing with that process. Now we're also managing and managing the beginning of our father's, I don't even know if it's called an estate, but he didn't have a will and we're navigating deep paperwork. So I'm navigating 
not me, me and my sister are navigating the loss of two parents. And, you know, I used to not really cry, but let me tell you, I am a crier and there has been a lot of tears, like frustration, deep sadness, little sadness, big sadness, like moments of happiness, beautiful moments where like, I feel my mom or my dad's energy with me. There's been a lot of crying. And so when my mom passed away, she had a house in Winnipeg. Neither my sister and I, like, we weren't going to take the house because my sister would have had to buy me out and she wasn't prepared to do that at the time she was living in Toronto. And we decided, you know, if, uh, you know, Alana was to move back to Winnipeg, which she did, it'd probably be better to not be in our mother's house. And so when I went to Winnipeg from British Columbia, when my mom was sick, I wasn't going because she was dying. I was going to help her. I didn't plan on burying our mother. And so I was in Winnipeg for about a month from when I went there to help her to, you know, after the funeral and Shiva and starting to manage her affairs. And Alana and I took a break and decided we needed a break to go back to our lives, sort some stuff out. And we, we come back to Winnipeg to pack up our mother's house. And my mother kept everything like not a hoarder that you would see on TV, but anything that would, you know, I, I would make at daycare or a doodle on a napkin or a love note or a science project. Our mother kept everything for both of us. Projects, jewelry, like creations. I was a very crafty, creative kid. And she actually, you know, upon packing her house up, kept a lot of photo albums. Like we got a glimpse right into our mother's like childhood, which was super cool. But my sister and I were now tasked with packing up this bungalow and basement of all of my stuff from my childhood, all of Alana's stuff, all of my mother's stuff. And it was really hard. We started to do it alone, but then we decided we needed help. Luckily, we, you know, worked with a company called Seniors Moving Company. Lisa's amazing. And what we were going to do was we were going to pack it up, pack everything up that we wanted to keep, put it in storage. And then the rest of the the stuff we were going to try and maybe sell or give away, donate, throw out. And with the help of Lisa and her company, she did this. So our task was to make sure that we wanted to, that everything that we wanted to save, as in we weren't sure what to do with, or we didn't know what we wanted to do with it, or we for sure wanted to keep it was to put it away in storage. So Alana and I got a U-Haul storage locker, filled it with the things that we knew we wanted to keep, the stuff I knew I wanted to ship from Manitoba to British Columbia, the stuff that we weren't sure of. And like, it was chaos. Like we were in such a traumatic state. Like I couldn't even tell you what I packed. Like I knew I had a rocking chair. My auntie Heather made me when I was a kid or like got made for me and a a table, but I could not tell you what else was in there. Things that I knew I needed to keep or that I wasn't sure about. And so we put all the stuff we wanted to revisit in a storage locker and we proceeded to pack up and work with this company on getting the house basically empty so we can do some basic renos and get it listed. So fast forward to most recently, it was time for us to empty the locker. So it has been, it had been about a year and a bit. Alana had moved back to Winnipeg. I was coming to Winnipeg for our mother's unveiling. And it was now time to empty the storage locker, move Alana's stuff into her house and move my stuff from Manitoba to British Columbia. I was on the road for a media tour 
very exciting things are, you know, going on, getting our message out there for the Global Resilience Project. So I was on a media tour and um, Alana helped me book a company. I was like, I don't even know what to do. Like, please help me. So she helped book a company through U-Haul. And the company, this package, like a company comes and unpacks the storage locker and puts everything in something called a U-Box. And then the U-Box is then shipped from point A to point B. So shipped from the U-Haul storage facility in um, Manitoba, in Winnipeg, to Kamloops. And then in Kamloops, on the date that I want it, they were to deliver it to my house here in Kamloops. And then another moving company was going to come and unload it. Now, I have a bad back. Shane has a bad back. I knew there wasn't a lot of stuff in there. For me, it was more emotional labor. Like, I haven't fully unpacked my house, and I've lived here since September. Because every time I start to unpack some boxes, I find my mother's stuff. And it derails me. And I'm slowly doing it when I'm in the right headspace. You know, I'm starting to unpack boxes that were in my office, my mother's jewelry, you know, stuff that I I want to have in my life. But it's hard. It's emotionally hard. And there were some big things like this coffee table that for whatever reason was like the crown jewel of my father and my mother's life. This coffee table was like custom made and really fancy schmancy back in the eighties. And it was very important to my mother and my father that we keep this coffee table. And I, I don't even understand the logic. And in fact, it looks really good in my basement, um, in our media room. So that's good. But so the delivery date comes, um, I've been coordinating with this moving company from another town who's going to come and unload. And let me tell you, this moving company, I don't even know the name of them because it's all sorted through U-Haul, but they did not have good customer service, like at all, like telling, complaining to me about the job and the amount they were charging and the cost of gas and employing. And like, it was just like, I didn't need to deal with that. Um, You know, if we had a relationship, maybe airing out your dirty laundry would have been more appropriate, but this was not appropriate. And so I was coordinating with him while I was in New York, what time he was going to come. I, you know, double check, triple check with U-Haul. And then the day the U-Haul U-Box was supposed to arrive, it didn't. It didn't. And it was very hard to get a hold of U-Haul. And finally, someone answered and they said that they were down a trailer and that it wasn't coming till the next day. So I called the moving company and let them know they are down a trailer. It will be here tomorrow. And the moving company lost it on me and basically had a little bit of their own breakdown saying like they can't come for a couple of days and they're going to let me know what time and this and that. I said, fine, just let me know when because you all needs their trailer back. So I had this orange U box sitting outside my house, you know, with the ghosts of my past locked inside I'm like, I could open it and start doing it, but I'm paying a company. And like, it wasn't even super full. My gut was telling me just unload it, Blair, just unload it. But I didn't. My sister came to visit, which was amazing. It was her first time here. We published on the Global Resilience Project book, which is now available in print form on Amazon. Yay, go buy it. Um, And I get a call. I get a call on the 4th on Monday from U-Haul. Hey, we're going to come get that trailer. I'm like, well, the moving company hasn't come. I can't get a hold of them. They haven't told me what time they're coming to unload it. So like my stuff's in it. They said, we need to come get it tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. So I called the moving company and flat out the guy said to me, we're not coming. I'm like what? He's like, the date moved. You hired us for a day. The day came and went. We're not coming. And he proceeded to be very unprofessional. And in my um unprofessional conversation with him I let him know that he was terrible at customer service and that was the end of the conversation probably I did not handle it the best but then I called my husband to tell him what was happening and that we had to unload it ourselves and I got really upset like really upset 
And I found myself aggressively unlocking the U box and like pulling out pins and untaking off the grate and going in and started moving the stuff out. And I was crying and I wasn't crying because the guy canceled. I was crying because like, it was, this is not what I wanted to deal with. I, I'm running a business. I have stuff to do. I've worked to finish so I could bill clients and finish my obligations. You know, it's just not what I wanted to deal with on Monday. I wanted to just have a good cruisy day. The day started off amazing with a workout and a hot tub and meditating and it did not end well. So in the middle of the afternoon, I call my husband. He was out. I was like, I'm not waiting. I want to just start doing this. And I start unloading the boxes. I left like the really heavy stuff for Shane and I start unloading and I start crying and like, it's like manageable crying, like people rolling by, you know, in their cars can kind of see me. And then I come across a box and the box is labeled baby clothes of Blair. And this is a box that my mom kept of my baby clothes. So when she became a Baba, she'd be able to give them some of my clothes, you know, cause I think that's maybe every grandparent's dream. I don't really know. It was a big box and I just lost it. I cried like I had like I couldn't catch my breath, maybe borderline nervous breakdown, deep belly, face, brain, full body cry deep into the U-box, the echo chambers and the abyss of the U-box. I'd be surprised if they, you, you could hear my cries probably down the street, let alone probably in Winnipeg. Like it was a big, huge release. It was so upsetting. And this was one of those cries that took everything out of me. And so I cried for hours. Like I couldn't, I, I mean, like I got it, like I got to the point where I can breathe, but I just couldn't stop crying. Like I opened a faucet and you know, it's one of those things where I'm poking at a bruise, right? Like you, you don't lose grief. You learn to layer your life around grief and it's painful. And sometimes the grief surfaces and you don't know when it's coming, (sighs) but you know, I decided I'm going to cancel the rest of my day. The next day I was going to get up really early and do all the work I canceled. And I laid in bed and watched reality TV. It was really hard. It was really shitty, but you know what? Crying is healthy. Like, why do you hold your cry? Like, you know, like don't hold it in, don't hold it in. So according to medical news today, I did some research because I thought I wanted to tell you this story and like crying, like, I'm just like, I embrace it. Like if I need to cry in public, I cry in public. I usually have some sunglasses with me. You know, if I need to like hide in, like hide in my backyard and cry, I do. If I need to burst into tears and have a full body, like cry into a, a U box, I will. And you know what? Like you're going to cry in grief you're going to want to cry, let yourself cry. So let's talk about the benefits of crying. Just like high level. I looked up some research based on what I've seen on medicalnewstoday.com. You know, humans produce three types of tears, basal reflex, emotional. I'm really talking about these emotional tears. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when there's a beautiful moment in Grey's Anatomy or a Procter and Gamble commercial, usually around the Olympics. And lately, a lot of sad tears, grief, tears, sad tears, mourning the life I never had, you know, back to that, that, that box of baby clothes, I made the decision to not have a baby. I'm not going to have kids, at least at this point in time. I don't think I'm going to have my own biological kids. I don't feel the need to be a mother anymore. So that box wasn't just like, oh no, this is sad. It was my mom. So she was saving it to be a grandma. It was a reminder that I'm mourning that I'm not going to be a mother. The, the life that I thought I was going to have, I don't have. I haven't finished mourning that. I haven't finished or even really managed mourning my miscarriage because I've been in a grief sandwich. So I have had a lot of sad tears. So why should you cry? Well, scientifically, it has soothing effects. 
helps you regulate your emotions, right? People sweat when they're hot to cool themselves down. Tears do the same. Crying does the same. It helps to self-soothe. Babies cry for a reason. It helps, you know, signal that something's wrong, that you maybe need support from others. And not everyone has empathy, like full disclosure, um, but there are people in your life that you probably can turn to and you can cry to. And there's also professionals like therapists. I really believe in therapy and counseling and grief therapy and couples therapy and everything that you need. Like there's people there that you can get support from who are trained. It helps to relieve pain, heart pain, brain pain, physical pain. Um, you know, research has found that in addition to being self-soothing, shedding emotional tears releases oxytocin and endorphins. It really helps you feel better. And crying actually might even help lift up your mood and make you feel better because of those chemicals. And also it helps to relieve stress. We hold so much stress inside of us. It releases those toxins. It relieves stress. And you know what? I'm always really tired after a big cry and I hear it aids sleep. So if you're really upset and having trouble sleeping, maybe you need to have a big cry. There's a whole bunch of other reasons that crying is good for you, but I really just believe in not holding in your emotions. Unprocessed emotions will manifest in other ways. Illness, skin, you know, like it come, for me, it comes out in acne and, and body pain. So I really do what I need to do to regulate my emotions. Being sober has really helped. Practicing gratitude every day at nine o'clock helps. Meditating, journaling, having a therapist and showing up and telling you, my listeners, what's going on. So you know, the U-box is empty. It's gone. My mom's stuff is in my basement. I'm slowly going to unpack it. You know, yesterday I didn't cry. Yesterday was a good day. The day before I didn't cry. Also a good day. Who knows what today, tomorrow, and the next day will bring, but I need to honor feelings of happiness, feelings of sadness, feelings of grief. And I really invite you to do the same. Crying is okay. And it's totally okay to not be okay. You're not in this alone. Our community, the Global Resilience Project community is here for you. Our website, IamResilient.info has stories of resilience. This podcast has stories of resilience. We are not in this thing called life alone. We're in it together. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes the tunnel seems really, really long and that you can't see the end, but you'll get through it. You'll get through it and know that you are resilient and I'm here for you. Again, it's Blair Kaplan Venables. Thank you for listening to my story about why crying so good and how I cried a really deep body cry into our U-box or my U-box. Thank you for tuning in to another episode and we'll catch you next week. Thank you. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.